Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, it feels like it's been forever since I've done a podcast and I'm really excited to get back at it. Um, I've got a ton coming for you this month, uh, some big, big names coming, but today especially I'm really excited about. Um, in particular, I'm really excited the fact that we have a new sponsor on the show. WeBuyRides.com is your go-to place for a real offer on your vehicle. And, and not like one of those like, you know, CarMax, Carfax, all that real offer crap. This is a real offer. We will outright buy your vehicle or that offer will be good on a new or used vehicle trade-in. They have a huge network of buyers to ensure that they can give you the best offer possible. Before you sell or trade your vehicle, take the time to go to WeBuyRides.com and that's rides with a Z, WeBuyRides with a Z, and make sure you're getting the absolute best deal possible. Before you sell your vehicle to CarMax, shop with WeBuyRides.com. They specialize in 4x4 diesel trucks and Highline vehicles. That's WeBuyRides.com with a Z. And guys, that is a huge factor in everything that you deal with. I currently am running a big uh, Chevy Silverado, and I'm going to be car shopping. And this is the first place that I'm going to go to not have to deal with trying to put my car on Facebook or Craigslist and having to deal with somebody the customer service at WeBuyRides.com is unparalleled. I preach it every single episode. I will not work with somebody that I don't believe provides the utmost support. I'm very familiar with the team at WeBuyRides, and if the character of those who run the show bleeds into their business, this is going to be an excellent place to go get your car sold or get your new car. And again, that's WeBuyRides.com, www.we. B U Y R I D E Z dot com. We buy rides dot com. Another sponsor I want to give a shout out to is Infinite Off Road. Infinite Off Road has been with the show basically from the start. Their rock light kits come in a ton of different wattages for a bunch of different levels of brightness. They have rock lights, wheel rings. Those are those fancy things that you see on trucks, uh, like SEMA trucks that are inside the actual wheel. Not my forte, but hey, they've got them. Uh, they also carry every kind of light bar, light pod, anything that's a light that you can think of, they carry it. And the best part about it is Infinite Off-Road offers Racing on the Rocks listeners a 10% off coupon. That's on their website. That's pretty much any way that you want to choose to order. Um, I think that they're going to push you to the website everywhere, but 10% off the entire website. Um, the cool thing about Infinite Off-Road is that they have also a 25 year, you break it, they fix it warranty. Um, I have nothing but but just amazing things when I hear about people getting their products warrantied from wrecks, from you know just accidental collision, running into a tree, or you know even the occasional just mishap that happens. Stuff happens, y'all, and that warranty will keep you safe. InfiniteOffRoad.com. Use code Rocks R O C K S at checkout for 10% off your order. Also. All Things UTV has been a sponsor of the show for a very long time as well. Basically, All Things UTV, if you if it's outside of lighting, they're your place to go. They have the best deals on wheels and tires. Um, they have exclusive wheel sets that are really cool. I know the owner, Dustin. Uh, I've dealt with him before. I really, really appreciate his level of customer service. I also appreciate the fact that he's on the Facebook forums 
answering questions that people have about his products and everything in between. This guy is super responsive and he's really great to deal with. Uh, a product that I want to highlight is their new Razor Aid Fender Guards. I'm going to get some for my race car and I'm also going to get some for my trail car because of all the uh, all the tree damage. I've seen people coming through their floorboards here recently. Um, they just came out with their 2.0 version, uh, less visible welds, super strong. There's a video floating around of him smashing it with a... Uh, with a sledgehammer and it's pretty amazing how well it holds up and there's no damage on the other side either nothing came through the floorboard it's pretty amazing and that's all things utv.com when you go shop with them go check them out tell them racing on the rocks sent you today's podcast is super super exciting um it's anthony on so it's uh it, it's it's what has become a very good friend of mine we go into a little bit of everything. Um, for those who don't know, I actually I, I now own Anthony's uh, Ultra 4 RS1 that he built, and I'm getting ready to race that. And towards the end of the podcast, you'll actually hear Anthony offer me something really amazing. Um, we <laughs> Anthony's just been great to me, and I really have nothing but like positive things to say about him, his character, and obviously, you know, he, he's done a lot for the sport, and he's done a lot for myself, and. Um, Anthony actually ended up sending me the missing gear, the safety equipment that I needed to race next weekend. So, uh, Anthony, shout out to you again. This podcast is just awesome. Really enjoyed talking to you, and I hope that you guys enjoy this episode as well. And I hope it gives you a big picture of all the race leagues that we have, because Anthony's awesome. He's had experience in everything, and uh, you're going to love it. So, without further ado, Anthony on. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. This call is now being recorded. It's now being recorded. Anthony, how are you? All right. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. We uh we just talked for a few minutes before we started recording, and uh, you told me a little bit about your ride home from Nationals, and uh, I feel like I'm doing better than you are. You mentioned your family's sick, my family's sick, but after the trip you guys had home uh, for Nationals, I uh, I feel like I'm doing a little better than you, <laughs> so uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Um, the last thing that we talked about um, on the last podcast we did was... I think you had just finished up AOP um, a couple of weeks uh, before we had talked, and um, a lot has happened since then. So uh, if you want to jump into Ultra 4 or the big car, 4400, where do you want to start? Oh, it's totally up to you. I, I guess probably the next race after that probably would have been uh, Oklahoma, I believe, Ultra yeah. 4. Yeah. How did that go for you? Well, I mean, I, I, I thought I had the car all sorted out, and... We hadn't really messed with the front end. It was kind of the only thing I hadn't really upgraded. And this is and, the 4400 uh, car, correct? Yeah, the 4400. Sure enough, uh, that's what uh, ended up biting me at that race. Uh, we ended up breaking the, the front end. We, we were actually right in front of Derek West when it happened, and uh, he ended up winning that race. Oh. So, I mean, that cost us, but... Uh, we, when lessons learned, uh, we went through the car, and now everything's completely upgraded. Uh, we'll just stick with the 44 because it's easier for me to stay on one track, I guess. Yeah, so, uh, yeah that's good. <clears throat> so I guess the next race after that would have been uh, Derby Turtle. And finally, everything came together. The whole car stayed together. We ended up getting a flat, but 
I mean, that's that's pretty common in our sport. Mm-hmm. So we had to do a tire change, but other than that, everything stayed together. We had a good, solid top ten finish. Everything worked out good finally, and uh, we ended up tenth overall in the points in the forty four. Now, really, nothing to brag about, but hey, we did it. <laughs> hey, that, it is something to brag about for sure. Um, don't don't take that away from yourself. But uh, so you, you race in Oklahoma. Uh, what is the, the the track? It's more of a track in Oklahoma than it is running through the woods. Am I am I remembering that correctly? No, I would say, and, and this really sucks because Ultra Four took Oklahoma away for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, Oklahoma should be the national championship race. Mm-hmm. A, it's centrally located, and B, it has everything. Mm-hmm. It has wide open desert type conditions. It has a pretty legit short course, and it has some really awesome rock and water section. Really? Oh, yeah, I do actually remember, because there's a, I mean, you run through a pretty, you know, a moderately deep creek during that race, too, right? Yeah, and I believe it okay. was, I think it was 11 miles on one loop and 10 miles on another loop, so I mean, it wow. was decently long, even. Yeah. See, that's that's something I actually watched. We'll, we'll get to Nationals later, but I watched Nationals. Um, actually, while I was recording the DC podcast, I was watching y'all in the uh, UTVs, and, and I thought to myself, man, not only is this track small, but it really caters to the, you know, the fast, short course, and those rock sections, although they're big rocks, I mean, it's not necessarily, you know, it, 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 it it's not reflective of the entire, um, you know, the, the full spectrum of off-road racing, especially at Ultra 4. Yeah, so Oklahoma, I guess, is getting replaced with Crandon, which, uh, for net, for this year, for this coming mm-hmm. year, which doesn't make any sense to me, but hey, it's, it's their series, they do what they want. Crandon's an awesome event, I understand that, and a lot of people like racing it, but it's not really Ultra 4 in my, in, in my opinion. I'm pulling I, I loved Oklahoma. I, I thought Oklahoma was awesome. And yeah. we also got to do a little test driving on a Ford Raptor at Oklahoma, which was pretty cool. Oh yeah, I saw that. Tell me about that, because I don't. Did that not end well? <laughs> well, it, I don't know. I mean, I thought it ended pretty good, but I'm not the one putting the bill, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we kind of we had a we had a forerunner, and uh, we took it out and pre-ran the race course with it. It, it. it proved itself to be a pretty good little machine. Mm-hmm. Well, Toyota built a pretty good rig, and uh, after all the racing was over, there was a there was a company there that had some really nice vehicles. One of them was a Raptor, and they were kind of doing some demo rides and whatever out there on the short course. And I kind of did a little call out, told him we'd we'd spank them down in this forerunner, and he thought I was joking at first. And then he went out and did another did another little lap or two, and he came back, and I, I informed him that I wasn't joking. <laughs> And he said, go get it. Well, uh, oh, so in the meantime, we went to go get it. They were out there actually practicing for a legit race and mm-hmm. overjumped it or something and landed too hard or I don't know the full story. But anyway, all the airbags went off and they ended up rolling it and basically totaling this $115,000 souped up Ford Raptor. Hmm. I wonder but, who they uh, for that. Well, I mean, the owner of the company was there. So I don't That's know. what I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think Jake at State Farm got called or anything. I think they just <laughs> followed the bullet. Yikes. You know, stuff happened. It does. And, uh, they were pretty cool about it. Uh, Gomez got it, got it fired up. I guess he's got some experience with uh, wrecking Raptors, so he needed mm-hmm. a little sequence to get her fired back up. And uh, 
We ended up knocking the glass out of it, cutting airbags out of it, putting some airbag in the tires, and we did some time trials. Mm. Oh, I guess six of us all together. Yeah, it got a little crazy. Uh, yeah. Bad shape. Like every, I was the last one to drive it, and uh, the transfer case was messed up. The steering wheel was about to fall off. Of course, the roof was already caved in mm-hmm. a little bit from the rollover. But any time it would come off a jump, it would say trailer disconnected and go into limp mode. And when it landed, it would say trailer connected, and it would still start to <laughs> It was the weirdest thing, but it was Yeah, yeah that's and, awesome. Uh, I tried to talk them guys into turning it into a stock KOH rig because it's got a pretty good backstory behind it. But I think yeah. they're going to they're gonna turn it into a pre-runner for Baja, I believe. That's pretty cool. At least they're doing something with it. I mean, if you're going to bite that, that destruction bullet there, you might as well use what you can out of it. <laughs> But yeah, it was definitely. I'm, I'm gonna say that's the highlight of our that race all around was a good time. Yeah, well, cool, man, cool. So, so you uh, you go to Oklahoma, um, you got a little bit of everything there, and then you said Dirty Turtle was next, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Everybody's familiar with Dirty Turtle. He got big hills. They got the um, awesome short course set up and uh, all that fun stuff. And you guys had a pretty successful race there. Um, what happened next for you? Did you guys take a break? Was that the last race for the 4400 car? That would have been the last race for Ultra 4 East Coast. Mm-hmm. So we ended up 10th in the, the big car and 2nd in the NCBD full side-by-side. Okay. Um, let's keep going with the full size because after the uh, East Coast Ultra 4 in the 4400 car, you took that full-size car out for a little hill killing, didn't you? Yeah, I mean rear engine, not really, not really fun, but hey, that's kind of my route. So, well, we gave it a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say before you go off and write this machine off, uh, you know, tell just just talk us through what, what you guys accomplished because um, you guys went to Mid America. Uh, who, who was hosting that event? Oh, that was Nick Cordenburner, uh, the A Bracket Buster. Yeah, the Bracket Buster. Yeah, that, that's a pretty neat setup. Yeah, it, it man, I went to the uh the AOP race and uh I hate that I missed him. Shout out to, to Nick out there. Um I hate that I missed him, but uh that was the most fun race to watch. Yeah, it's pretty neat cuz I mean, um, obviously the first round's all on drivers. You get a pick who you want to race and, and then after that it's kind of how how the cookie crumbles or however you want to put it, but uh it makes things interesting for sure and even if you lose you're not out. There's a there's, they call it a heat two, which is basically a loser's bracket. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's still money on the line even if you lose. So it's a pretty neat setup. Yeah, that's nice. And I, I would imagine that would be more enticing for people to come check out because, you know, you get double chance at money. But, yeah, uh. So, I mean, I, I had to call out my old, my old buddy <laughs> Jay Storch, the showstopper two. I had to call him out just for, just for giggles. See if my new car could beat my old car kind of deal. And, mm-hmm. We ended up squeezing one out on him on round one there. Uh, but, uh, broke a, a inner axle shaft and, uh, kind of put us out for round two. Mm-hmm. I mean, we tried it, but it wasn't going to happen in three wheel drive, so. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's, there's a, um, during that race, there's a, there's a video of you and you just launch that car up the, up the side of this mountain and you get right to the top. And uh, was that the second hill, or where, where was that during the day? Uh, I, I I don't know. 
I think that was. I think that was. Yeah. No. Did it actually make it out the top or not? Right. uh, Yes. Yes. So, well, let me let me let you finish. Let me let you finish. So you go on. You. you, uh, Okay. Uh, so, so I'll let you just keep talking. I interrupt again and got you, got you out of order here. Oh, you're, you're fine. Uh, well, anyway, uh, actually, I think it was Jay kind of said something to Nick and, and the owner of Mid-America that, hey, everybody's here. We're, we still got some rigs moving. Why don't we set up a bounty hill? It wasn't planned at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, my rig was broke. So, you know, Jay said something to me like, well, you, you can borrow your old rig. He said, I'll run it. And he said, then, you know, you can run it. I was like, all right, cool. I'm pretty familiar with the car, so I was comfortable mm-hmm. with that. And, uh, of course, Jay does what Jay always does. And he, he went full swing and he ended up uh, breaking a knuckle pin or, or something weird that we couldn't fix. And uh, <laughs> so I'm standing there kind of bummed out a little bit, but mm-hmm. kind of at the same time, I ain't going to spend any money repairing anybody's stuff, so it worked out, you know. And mm-hmm. Then uh, Timmy Chuck has money shot, which, man, that, that thing, I'd never even said in it. And he's like, just drive mine. And we kind of argued about it. I'm like, no, no. And he's like, no, really, just drive mine. I'm like, all right. Man, he's a tall guy. <laughs> I look like a little, if you, you ever seen the video of it, I look yeah. like a little kid sitting in that thing. I can barely see what it's doing. Right. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at the picture of you right now after uh, after this race is over. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely, uh, it, looks like you, it looks like you drove the wheels off this thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't really have any idea how the suspension was set up or anything. I just, I watched the car run a few times and it's got way more than enough power. It's all around. I mean, Reject Fab built a, a heck of a machine and the suspension, from what I could tell before watching it, normally soaks everything up. So I just kind of hoped mm-hmm. and prayed I wasn't going to break his toy. Just kind of rolled up on it and got my line backed up and hit it. It soaked it up perfect. I mean, it shot right up there. So, and then, <laughs> <laughs> Coming down the hill, uh, we hadn't really talked about down the hill part. You had to go up mm-hmm. the bounty hill and then make a down the hill. And I thought you were done once you come down the hill, but evidently you had to turn left. Well, I turned right. <laughs> and I guess Wes Keen was the only other guy to climb the hill. He did the same thing. He uh, uh-huh. came down the hill and turned right. <laughs> but uh, I ended up going quite a ways off course, basically. And finally, uh, I think it was Jake Pike turned, got me turned around, and I flew back there. We still... I mean, he still won the bounty hill by quite a quite a ways, but mm-hmm. it could have went the other way very easily. Yeah, that's awesome though, because uh, I, I that's I think that's the video I'm thinking of is, is when you just lined it up and shot it up there. Um, so let me ask you this: How does that? How does Money Shot, which if I'm not mistaken, I think Money Shot's for sale right now. Um, how does Money Shot compare to your 4400 car? Obviously, you have front engine and rear engine, but you know, you said the suspension soaked it up. Was the suspension better, like just drastically better? Or what are your thoughts on the car? Uh, I, I'm, I won't say uh, purpose built. Is, it, is that, is that, that's, I think that's where I want to go. Uh, you know, one's yeah. purpose built to go fast for long periods is one's purpose built to do some really cool stuff for 45 seconds. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, it does that really well. He probably has almost twice the power I do. Mm. You get a big old nasty turbo on there. The car runs really mm. exceptionally well. Uh, of course, Vision. Uh, Vision's way better out of my car than his car, but that's also because mm. I'm a foot shorter than he is. So that's not <laughs> <have to do. laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, no, I mean, yeah, that car is for sale, and actually, my big car is for sale too. Uh, yeah, I saw it today. You got it for a. 
Yeah, you've got you've got your your big car, your forty four hundred car rear engine car. You've got that for sale at a at a pretty reasonable price for an out of the box rare race car. Uh, yeah, I, I got quite a bit more than that in it. Uh, I mean, we we can jump into that now, or we can jump into that later. But uh, I just uh, <clears throat> my boy's getting to the age. I want to spend some time with him mm-hmm. before he goes off to college or work or whatever he decides he's gonna do. Mm-hmm. He's getting to turn sixteen. And we've been racing for five years now and that's like this year we were racing three different cars so mm-hmm. pretty much ate up the whole summer so next year i want to have that available for whatever he decides he wants to do yeah yeah so what does it look like i mean just you know this is about meeting drivers and hearing more about drivers but what's he have in mind what's he like to do oh a little bit of everything i mean he, we, got, we got a 68 short bed that we're uh cool. currently currently restoring slash building slash chopping all up slash whatever you want to call it and mm-hmm. it won't be his first car per se just because we'll have a bunch of time in it but i mean it, it, it's his truck and we'll, he'll start out with a beater because if he's anything like his mom he'll crash a lot <laughs> that's awesome though <laughs> uh, that's where they all need to start uh, but uh so that, that's that's kind of one of the big deals and you know, we like to hunt and fish, and we ain't really got a lot of time to do a lot of that. And with races, you know, four or five different race series is going on. I mm-hmm. raced the last all year long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks, you did. And it looks like everybody's got races starting in February next year. I thought, yeah, I thought that that was early. But, you know, it's so funny. I, I was telling myself, I was like, the Dirty Turtle race is like the last week of February. And I kept thinking to myself, man, that seems early. I feel like it didn't start till, uh late March this year. Yeah, and then you got King of Hammers, and then I think there's an outlaw race that's pretty early. I haven't really double-checked on Clyde's schedule yet, but mm-hmm. I'm sure if everybody else is early, he's got one in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. I actually can pull that up. Um, but, uh, you know, just moving on from that, the uh, the 4400 car up for sale, we can go through the specs on that at the end of the show if you want to. Um, just for those interested, y'all can kind of know when that's coming. Um, but 4400 car, you go race it at Mid America. Um, what happens after that for the 4400? Um, let's see. The next race would have been uh, that have been an outlaw race, which we broke an axle and interaxle at a Mid America. An outlaw race was like two weeks mm. after that, <clears throat> and uh, we tried to make shift stuff. Instead <laughs> of make two axles into one, and uh-huh. we held up for about three quarters of the race. <laughs> but uh, That's not, it's not always last Yeah, actually, I'm side note here. I went and looked at the uh, first race for SRRS is going to be, or for the National Rock Racing, is February 21st at Texas. Super early. Yeah, so there's basically a race every weekend in February. Yeah, so you get awesome. January off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact. But uh, so you you go out to this outlaw race. How do you do? Uh, not very good. Yeah, like I said, we made that make sure tackle because we couldn't get one of a replacement in time. Yeah. Because we were on such a short time. And uh, anyway, I uh, didn't do didn't do very well there. Uh, got a hold of Brannick. He got me taken care of. Stan Stan, a super good supporter of all sports off road, and uh, he hooked me up. Got me a new axle built in time for Race to Riches, and uh, we went down that we did fairly well. Of course, nobody climbed the first hill there. 
I don't know why. I mean, really, honestly, half the half the people should have climbed that hill. I don't know if it was an intimidation thing or mm-hmm. I don't know. Joey picked a good hill and he kind of caught some grass for it. But as a racer, I still believe half of us should have climbed it. I don't know yeah. why he didn't. But uh, hill two, we laid down. I don't know fifth or sixth fastest time, and then they gave us an option for a bonus hill and. I was kind of the first one to really, really commit to it, and uh, I picked a wild line up through a bunch of grass that nobody had ever been before, and uh, I hit it once, made it most of the way up, and backed up, and I'm like, all right, that's doable, and then I got kind of way deep into it and laid into it, and at the very top, it stood up. I guess I'm getting old and losing my nerve, because I had to out. Really? When it stood straight up in the air at the top of the hill, I let out. If I'd have stayed in it, it would have went right over it. But let's get out. What's wrong with you? It's why you need a year off. You got you got to you got to get the adrenaline and the nerves back in check. I guess, but yeah, I, I'm not really known to lift, but I did for sure, and uh, it cost me. Uh, I was yeah. 10 or 15 feet short of climbing the hill. And the good news is my my local buddy here, Dick Pike, and an old Fordzilla. He tried, uh, he tried climbing underrated a few times and then mm-hmm. he lined up on the hill I tried. I was out there coaching him on. I'm like, you got 20 seconds, you gotta go. And man, he put on one hell of a show. Mm-hmm. And he ended up making it, so. So the money still came home locally anyway. And then, uh, yeah. Josh Parrish, of course, won that. He, he made that line look like flat ground. He's got the outlaw buggy now and he's, he's doing work in that thing. So I'm super excited to see what he does next year. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I've been trying to get him on the show, and uh, I can't seem to get him out of the den, or at least get him uh, to make, make a little bit of time for me. Well, I got a nickname for him, the Prospect, so I'll get a yep. hold of him. And maybe he can explain what that means when he gets on your show. Yeah, yeah. Tell him, tell him to make some time for me this off season. But uh, so let's uh, forty four hundred car. That, uh, that by the way, the, the hill I was thinking of, where you're just sitting ten, fifteen feet short and laying in it, that was race to riches. I had forgotten. Um, right. But uh, forty four hundred car. That's the last race you did, right? Other than yep. um Well, that's it. Yeah, that's the last race. Yep. Got um, home, cleaned her up, and double checked everything. Went through, went through everything, made sure everything's good, and now she's for sale. So let me ask you this. After having a bouncer, after being in the community for a while, um, you give 4,400 a car or you give the car a try and you also, um, you know, give the entire Ultra Force Spectrum a try. Um, I'm going to ask you the same thing when it comes to side by side, but in terms of the full size rigs, how do you like it compared to bouncers? How did you like Ultra Four compared to, you know, obviously they're two different beasts, but what are your thoughts after it was all said and done and how would you compare the two? Uh, comparison? Let's see. Ultra 4 costs the most money. <laughs> pays, the le- pays the least amount. But by <laughs> far, I mean, without a doubt, by far, I had more fun in this car this year. Even with fixing some of the older issues that the car had, mm-hmm. I had, without a doubt, more fun in this car in three races than I've ever had any other kind of racing. Is it just because you get to race longer, or is it the driving and the, and the course and everything? Uh, it's a mixture. I mean, you're out there with some of the people that, I mean, I, I know most of them personally because I've been around Ultra 4 for a while, but I mean, you're out there with Eric Miller and Shannon Campbell and the Blylers and, I mean, just people that are way above your league money-wise and mm-hmm. maybe driving rise and car-wise, but you're mixing it up with, like, Levi Shirley. I mean, it's just, 
Yeah. That plus the course plus the drive time. I mean, it's just a it's it's just a, a whole different experience. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I know uh, getting to see everybody at AOP race when I was down there that was that was really special as well. So I get that. Um, but let's talk let's talk side by sides um, and let's talk about um, your pretty much dominant performance in the Titan series uh, outside of one individual, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, let me hear about the Titan series. Um, obviously, this is and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. This is Ultra 4, kind of an east, not the Ultra 4 East Coast, but it is a uh, Ultra 4 Southern Rock Racing Series tie-in, you know, kind of league. I don't even know how to describe it. You know, how, how would you describe it correctly? So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an endurance series that kind of accumulates the three Ultra 4 East plus four other races, which... I didn't really hear about the first one in time, so I missed the first one. And, uh, or we had a conflict, or something was going on. But anyway, we missed the first race. And then we ran the, the three Ultra 4 East with the NCB Turbo S. And, uh, and then the other three races were after that. Never the same weekend as SRS races. Said I got a, uh, Larry Krogh. A group show. He lives not too far from me. We kind of teamed up, and I hauled his bouncer, and it worked out pretty good to where we could both hit the race. And uh, there was three Titan races. Let's see. It would have been Hawk Pride, Blue Holler, and then Rush Springs would have yeah. been the three Titan races after the East Coast Ultra 4. And then they took the best six of seven, mm-hmm. luckily, since I missed the first one. So they took the best six or seven, basically, for the points total at the okay. end of the year. But in the Titan Series, we raced an RS1, which I think is sitting in your garage now. Uh, hey, just so happen is, I am glad to have uh, bought that rig from you. But, uh, so, I guess Hawk Pride. Of course, Jamie McCoy uh, kind of beat me out at Ultra 4 East Coast. Uh, we kind of lost it at Dirty Turtle there. We had a wheel burn go out. Had some issues. And mm-hmm. Jamie, we were we were leading the points up to then. And then Jamie passed us at the last race there in the points, and uh, so I kind of had a little something to prove, something to chip on my shoulders, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of didn't really have any care in the world at that point because I was racing my own personal cars, so I didn't have to worry about tearing anything up. Yeah, it didn't really have anything to risk, so uh, kind of just went out there and gave it all I had, and we ended up got lucky, qualified first, which I don't know how. I mean, the NA cars. In short short distance like that, yeah, uh, shouldn't should should lose to a turbo car, you'd think. But mm-hmm. there were some rocks in it, which helped. And uh, we ended up putting four laps on everybody at that race in that RS1 because mm-hmm. there was a couple bottlenecks and there was a nasty downhill section that had a few people scared. And I don't know. I was just basically monster trucking that RS1 <laughs> from the top to the bottom, <laughs> and uh, it worked out every lap somehow. Yeah. But, uh, so. I don't know, me and Jamie became pretty good friends throughout the season, actually. I, I give him a hard time, but uh, he's, he's one heck of a driver. And uh, he actually got Rookie of the Year for before, like age 55, which is crazy. Cool. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. And that's that's something, too. Um, we'll kind of loop back around when we talk about the, the uh, Turbo S car, the NCD. Is it NCB diesel? Is that correct? NCB? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, when we talk about that car, I got I got some questions about that too because um I watched the award ceremony and I have some questions about why they didn't let did they they didn't let you talk, did they? 
Uh, which time? <laughs> when they were giving well, when they were giving awards out, I watched the award ceremony where you got second for the series Ultra Four East Coast, and they didn't give you the mic. They gave everybody else the mic. Didn't give you. I was waiting for. Uh, oh, I talked. They might have bleeped it out. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. It was it was after the fact. So there's a there's a strong chance that uh, yeah, because what what I saw was basically that you just didn't get a chance to get the mic. So. Oh, they, they must have, I never went back and rewatched it. They, they might have cut it out. It was actually, actually funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good news for all of us. Uh, if you, uh, if you're wanting to, you are more than welcome to reiterate what you said there. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, so the RS1, uh, you had good, you had a great experience with it. Um, obviously, like you said, I've got it now. Um, so I wanted to kind of spend a second and just talk about, um, I was going to let you talk about it because I think that you're way more qualified to tell about the differences between the two cars. But going from the two-seat Turbo S where you're a little wider and you do have that second seat and then going to the RS1, um, there's, from my own experience now, there's a pretty significant difference in, uh, I don't want to say drivability, but there's a difference in what you're driving. Like where you're sitting, obviously, and how you drive it, they're just two different beast. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you kind of were so successful in both cars back and forth? Well, I kind of, so like the boys' little rampage, it was a center seat, mm-hmm. and then Showstopper 2 is a center seat, and I just kind of grew accustomed to it. Like, I feel more at home, because you see equally on both sides, yeah. you know, you're not like off to one side. Like, I, I you know, I've talked to Timmy Cameron about this, and he kind of went back to an offset seat because he says he can drive better that way mm-hmm. versus the center seat. But I like this. I prefer the center seat personally. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's kind of apples to oranges when you go to RS1 versus, like, say, a Turbo S. Because mm-hmm. RS1 is way underpowered, but you can drive it harder through almost every corner because your center of gravity is so much better. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Turbo S is going to pull away on the streets because it's got a 100 more horse. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely so. And um, that's something, you know, that I noticed right out of the gate, too. Uh, particularly, and, again, you know, I know that there's a little bit of a trade secret to this. So you can you can talk as much or as little as you want about it. Um, but the way the clutching is set up in the car is it's obviously made to be running high the entire, you know, the whole time. But the engagement is pretty far into the RPM cycle. Um, what's the benefit of that for people who, you know, would would question why you would do something like that? And where does it really help you in performance? So, I I, I mean, if you talk to 90% of the clutch guys, they're going to tell you it's something totally opposite of what I tell you. Everybody's got their own opinion <laughs> on how stuff works. But it's more of a driving style. Uh-huh. So I mm-hmm. I got the nickname Taco Throttle a while ago, a few years back, because I'm either forward or not forward. There's really no in between. Yeah. And it works it works out really good for that because if you, you set a high engagement like that, it actually builds peak power and then brings the belt in instead of the belt being in lugging all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when you let off, it actually releases the belt and gives it time to cool down instead of using the engine braking keeping heat in it all the time so mm-hmm. like we raced that car in titan we got first second and first and i never seen belt temps over 187 i think was the highest i ever seen in that whole in that car the whole season what's a what's a but dangerous it, belt temp for so people can have uh, 235 or higher okay is where stuff starts going bye-bye okay 
Okay, that's that's good to know. I mean, just I, I can I can confirm those temperatures, which is awesome for me. <laughs> so, but uh, I mean, it, it's a personal preference, just like yeah. you know what brand tires you run or what exhaust or whatever. It's just just the way I always set my cars up, and it, it always seemed to work good. This Turbo mm-hmm. S has been a battle all year trying to keep a belt on it. And we finally got it figured out. I think we're done now. <laughs> it sucks, but good, uh, good. But uh, yeah, I mean, we ran the whole national race with no belt issues, and we haven't been able to say that with any other race in that car. I don't know why. Yeah. I guess uh, different gear ratio or something. Yeah, well, it's it's good that you got it figured out because uh, you know you've mentioned it a couple times. You're kind of you're getting out of it. You're selling what you've got, but um, you know I kind of want to end end with it, so we won't talk about it much. But I have a feeling you'll be back to uh, to bracing sometime. But um, you t- you have the RS1. Um, all in all, you know, you go and finish, uh, the Titan series. Um, where did you place? Did you get first in like the overall for the Titan series or did you get second? Second. No, uh, Jamie McCoy squeezed me out of that one too. Uh, how, how close was that? He, he's a hell of a driver. Yeah, he I is. I think when it was all said, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't even look, but when it came down to the last, since I missed the first race, mm-hmm. he had all good finishes, so he hadn't even used a drop yet. Mm-hmm. And I basically, I was, already factoring in my drop as a zero for the first race mm-hmm. i basically had to qualify first and win the last race in order to beat him mm-hmm. and he ended up qualifying first and beat me by like four seconds oh. so he, he showed it up before we even ran the race man and, uh, i ended up winning the race but i, I didn't get the seven points for mm-hmm. qualifying first so I, when it was all said and done, I don't, I don't really know. It was pretty tight between me and him, but I don't know the exact numbers. So I ask you this whenever we got, um, when we got together. First off, you, you are a savage behind the wheel because the more and more that I kind of get perspective on everything, um, you know, I realize that a lot of this comes down to the fact of who's, who's a driver. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people who are, who are, who are drivers and have the ability. And then there's this subset of people who can just drive the pants off of a car. And uh, you seem like one of those people that can drive the pants off of a car. Um, and, it, you know, I think we talked a little bit about it. You've been doing this for a while. You were in side-by-sides for a while. But you and I had a conversation of how does how does someone, how is someone so dominant? And we talked about Jamie and just the fact that, like, you know, he, there's a couple of videos of him on uh, Facebook of the, trail uh him running down trails during races and it's just like he's going like looks like 75 miles an hour in the middle of a creek bed and just no big deal is it the car or is it the driver well jamie's secret is he's old and he can't see so he don't know what's coming so he don't have to go <laughs> <out of gas. laughs> oh, <that's> <laughs> i can say that because we're pretty good pals now after this year but yeah, in all honesty i mean he has a heck of a team behind him he's got gary hinkle there at a g-force racing that and John Arnold, John Boy, man, if you ever if you ever meet him, quite the character, awesome dude. But I mean, that's what it takes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, their team to keep your car in shape. As long as you get a good a good fresh car before every race, you can beat on it like that, and not have to worry about anything breaking. And yeah, like <clears throat> me and Jamie battled out a lot this year, and I mean, he, I think he'll tell you the exact same story. Like in the woods, it's hard for me to keep up with him. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the rocks, it's hard for him to keep up with me. So it kind of balances. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everybody has their little niche, you know, like the short course guys are really fast and the short course guys. There's very few guys that are good at everything. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not one of them. I hate short course. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, w- I would argue against that, though, because I've, I've seen you, you know, Adventure has a, a short, um, for small short course section. And, uh, I mean, you, you were passing guys, you were hanging in there, you know, I didn't, I did definitely didn't see short course as like a strong weakness for you. Oh, I just, I'm not a fan of it. I, it's just too open. I get that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan of it. I get it. I get it. Um, what were you saying before I interrupted you? I apologize. No, oh, I just, Jamie's just an all around, all around good driver. He doesn't really have any weaknesses either. And, you know, that can't am. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say if I do come back, mm-hmm. it, it, it will probably be in a can am. Jamie and them kind of got me convinced that in between them and Wolf, uh, yeah. they don't have near the failures that some of the players cars are having. So. so that was actually my next question. Um, you know, obviously the Turbo RR out there has got the most horsepower and just, you know, all the bells and whistles it has. Um, you see yourself coming back in the Can-Am. Would you make this just another Ultra 4 side-by-side, or would you make this, you know, would you enter the Hill Kill, and would you do make this a, a like, triple-duty car? If I come back in a side-by-side, it will definitely be in- endurance. Mm-hmm. And if I come back in a full size, it'll definitely be hell killing. So, okay, cool. That's really good to know. Um, but let's talk about the two seater. So you have the entire Ultra Four East Coast series. Um, where did you place? Uh, did you place third at AOP in the in the NCB Diesel uh, Turbo S? Yeah, third. Okay, so you get third there. Um, where do you go next, and what's what's the rest of it look like for you? Oklahoma, you're asking me for a lot of numbers. <laughs> I think it was, <laughs> I think it was fifth, and then I think we got like sixth at Dirty Turtle, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then that put us overall second for the East Coast. Alrighty. So talk to me about nationals. So you end up making it there. Um, you know, you guys, you you said you had a borrowed trailer. I saw on Facebook you got a flat on the way there. But you're there. You finally made it. You're um, getting ready to qualify. Tell me about how it goes. What happens? Well, I mean, the easy way is just a total shit show. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that sounds about right. We get out there. We get out there. Everything's great. You know, we're. we're I, I like the rocks. I'm thinking this is awesome. I'm not really a fan of the short course. Don't care about that part. Uh, talk. Talk to a couple people. Make a few changes. Had planned to run 28. Uh, kind of took that out of the equation with the size of rock they had. So we stepped up to the 73s. Don't even make a half a lap in qualifying and something that maybe somebody else can chime in after the fact because I've never heard of this, never seen it. Uh, the car decided that it was its own, it had its own mind and it was going to turn itself left no matter what you did. So if you let go of the steering wheel, it would self-turn full left all the way to lock. Something was screwed up inside the power steering unit that, and it was thinking it needed to turn left. So, this is practice, you know. All right, we can fix this. We, we call around, we talk to a bunch of people, try to find parts, and a couple people recommended going to this dealer that was, I don't know, 20 minutes away. So mm-hmm. We borrow a trailer, uh, actually from McCoy. McCoy's got a, a picker over there helping him, Jamie, and they let us borrow a little trailer so we didn't have to load everything up in a big trailer. Mm-hmm. We ran to this dealer and they're dicking around with it, and they put a plate on it and go drive up and down the street, and they come back, and they're like, we can't figure it out. Well, at this time, we're watching live feed qualifying. 
and mm-hmm. we're twenty minutes. We're twenty minutes from the park. I'm like, we gotta, we gotta go. <laughs> and uh, we load back up. We we run like full disclosure, ninety eight mile an hour because that's where the truck shut down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the way back to the park and uh, unload like just we were the last one to pull up the line just in time to qualify and uh, ended up qualifying second with it still trying to like anytime you let go of the wheel it would it would try to turn full left and about I don't know halfway through it physically burnt the motor up because it quit trying to do anything and with 33s and a turbo car and no power steering it sucked yeah but, uh, we ended up and when you say it burnt the motor up it, it burnt the, it burnt the uh, power steering motor up yeah yeah so there was no no okay. assist at all, and the, the crappy thing about the S is the shocks are tied in to the power steering, so you can't just put an aftermarket unit in it. You got to run factory. And uh, we ended up getting one. Uh, actually, a racer parked next to us. Somehow, some way, a spark plug broke off in his head, and uh, he couldn't get it out. Mm. So he's like, "There's my car. Take whatever you need." He was a local guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, something landscape, man. I, uh, that, that I really hate. I forgot his company's name. But uh, <clears throat> he said, "Whatever you need, take it. Just make it right. You know, like mm-hmm. if you tear something up that you borrow, I want it replaced. We're like, yeah, no problem. So, of course, we got to go back to the dealer. So we had to pay them extra because this is like six o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So they stayed late for us to reprogram it. We come back out, and I guess Saturday would have been the prelim race. Mm-hmm. Had a plan of just take it easy, don't tear the car up, don't really care where we finish, we just got to get to the pre-line. And uh, I think we finished that fifth. You know, no real issues. Had a wheel bearing get kind of loose. Mm-hmm. So we checked the car over. Got out. Main started. I probably went a little overboard. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, the start of every good story right there. Yeah, so the... the the very first rock section is like real short, and that's where you actually get the green flag. So I kind of checked out, let let some let some people gain some ground there. Mm-hmm. We went to the first rock section, and we hit the second. I just went far right and pinned it. We went from fifth to first. So we hit so hard that uh, we cracked a wheel, and I went from first to last because I had to go into the pit and change that wheel and tire. Uh, yeah. What kind of wheel are you running? Oh, uh, that was a method. Okay, gotcha. I mean, I don't know. In its defense, it wasn't made to do what I was trying to do, I promise you that. Yeah, no no (laughs) doubt, no doubt. (laughs) But, um, so I get a wheel on it, and then I don't know what happened. Of course, it starts overheating, went into limp mode, it did some weird stuff, but never had any major issues out of the car other than belts. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was doing some weird stuff out there. So... I don't know, we make maybe one more lap, and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to jump the rock section, kind of like I did in qualifying. Mm-hmm. And I floored it, but there was no power there. It, was, I it, was <laughs> it came up really short and uh, landed in there. It broke the front spindle clean in half, and it sheared the four bolts that hold the hub to the trailing arm completely Ooh. off. Well, the, the turner axle is evidently way overbuilt because when – the wheel hub, tire, radius rods, axle, everything went backwards. Mm-hmm. The axle should have broke, and it didn't. So it exploded the whole back half of the transmission out of it. Oh. So, yeah, we got a completely trash transmission out of the deal. But an axle is still good. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> So I guess uh, there's a testament to the strength again. Wow. And who's in the for quite a while? Do what? 
Whose axles were those? Turner axles. Turner axles. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing right there. That's yeah, that. I haven't really, uh, I haven't really taken the time to put a lot of pictures up after Nationals. I'm still kind of salty. <laughs> what you call it? Sulking, salty. I don't know what the right word would be. <laughs> but, oh gosh. So you you end up. Uh, where does that put you in the race after you have that transmission issue? Oh, we were we were sitting there watching everybody go by. I mean, just hanging out. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> but uh, I don't even know. I think we finished fifth in the national points because we were third going into it with a really good chance of, of winning the whole thing. And that's why we kind of went for it in qualifying to try to get that extra seven points. But uh, uh, Cole Clark, I mean, he dominated pretty much the whole weekend. He qualified first. He finished first in the prelim. He won the race. I mean, he he smoked it out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's fifth overall in national points. I believe I haven't I haven't double checked that. That's just a guess. Well, still fifth and fifth and national. That's a uh, that's that's definitely something to tip your hat to. That's not easily achieved. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of shoot for the stars though. <laughs> what, yeah. what we were what, what we were shooting for. Yeah. Well, that's we all right. Had a good year. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of leads me to uh, kind of my last, like, series of questions here. Um, the first one being, um, you mentioned it, I mentioned it, you're going to take a year off, correct? Yeah, yeah, for sure, and possibly more. I don't know. We'll see how, we'll see how next year it goes. Like, this is, okay. Uh, we, we were doing three cars this year, kind of consumed my whole life. It kind of became, I mean, it, it still is my number one passion, but it, Set down my second, third, and fourth passions just mm-hmm. to do it, you know. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that you know, do you think you're gonna? I mean, do you think you're gonna come back? Let's start there. Uh, I would. Yeah, I'll definitely be back. It might be three years from now. It might be two years from now. I, I don't. I don't know when. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll definitely be back. I just wanna wanna do the family thing while he's still around. And, like next year, we uh, hunting used to be my big thing before racing, and mm-hmm. we're going to Africa for a week and a half. We're going to Colorado for a week. I mean, amazing. We got some pretty cool hunting trips planned, so yeah, maybe that's that'll give me, give me the reset I need, and I can I can come back racing in twenty twenty one. That's amazing. That sounds awesome, and uh, I can't wait to hear the stories about that for sure. Um, but my last series of questions, um, you 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 are again one of the rare few that have gotten to look at every you know. Pretty much every race league. Um, you've been in all the ones in the Southeast. You've been in the East Coast Ultra Four. You've been on the West Coast Ultra Four. You've competed in King of Hammers. You've done just about everything there is. Um, what are your thoughts on everything? And, and you know, from series to series, and, and what are your thoughts on the sport in general? And how do you feel about it as you're setting, you know, your your steering wheel down for a little while? How do you feel as you take a break? Uh. Let's see. <laughs> Number one race, uh, King of Hammers. King of Hammers, uh, best best race you've ever done. Best race. Uh, just because it's kind of the cream of the crop, the elite of the elite. Uh, it's uh, it, you don't win shit. Don't don't let anybody tell you you're gonna make a million dollars for winning King of Hammers. You don't win nothing. <laughs> but you're the guy that did it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the Bryson Rice race. But um, yeah, so it's it's mentally like exhausting. 
uh, the, the car has to be like tip top shape. I mean, there's so many factors like go into just finishing that race that mm-hmm. most people have tried and tried and tried and never done it. And then there's a few that get lucky and do it. You know, the finisher is just, it's kind of an elite. So to me, that's the number one race. Okay. Um, overall, number one series, uh, I had the most fun with Outlaw. And that's the most down to earth guys. Uh, great, great group of people. Uh, you know, they, their motto is built by the racers for the racers and mm-hmm. they, they mean it. Uh, the most extreme, you know, test your limits. I'm going to have to go with Joey. You know, really? They picked some really awesome hills. Joey at Pro Rock. Pro Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of pick your poison, you know, on what you want. Yeah. Uh, Outlaw pays you. Outlaw, this, this is a big factor to a lot of people. Outlaw pays you on the spot. Like, if you win or you get second or you get anywhere in the top ten, mm-hmm. you get paid cash money on the spot. Uh, Joey is pretty good. You know, a week, two weeks, you, most likely you're going to get your check in the mail. All through four, I'm still waiting, so I, I, I can't give you a time frame. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ultra Four seems—I don't want to say more formal. Um, it, I don't even want to say really more structured. Um, it seems like the rules are a little bit more rigid and a little bit more unforgiving. Um, but you know, what, what do you? What, let me ask you this. I'm gonna kind of kind of shoot you both ways. We're gonna go through all the all the leagues here. Um, give me the pros and cons of Ultra Four. Uh, more exposure, uh, somewhat, I'll, I mean, you know, that's apples to oranges. Yeah. Uh, somewhat, you know, bigger names, more household names, Shana Campbell, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Lauren Healy, more household names, more attention, mm-hmm. I guess, if you're, you know, uh, some TV coverage, which varies from year to year, some live feed, which varies from year to year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it's a kind of the first of its kind kind of deal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are pros, cons. I think we already hit on, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's really, 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 really expensive. Yeah, but man, it's really, really fun. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Um, what about outlaw? Outlaw pros, cash money on the spot, best down to earth group of people. Not so extreme. You're going to total your car. Still fun and challenging. Cons, I don't really have any. Okay. I mean, Outlaw, I, I, I think, is still my favorite series. The okay. Heath and them guys are just awesome. Good. Good to know. Uh, Pro Rock. Pro Rock. Uh, man. Depending on the park, you could come home with half a car. But <laughs> that's also, that's also uh, really fun, too. I mean, yeah. that's a talent. Yeah. So you, so you would say uh, spectator. Great, great group of guys. Super entertaining. Yeah, spectator-wise, um, Pro Rock is the event to go watch. Oh yeah, spectator-wise, you know, for for East Coast stuff, by far bigger spectator counts than Ultra Four, any of them. Mm-hmm. Pro Rock has the biggest spectators for East Coast. Okay, so that's a pro. Yeah, uh, cons, uh, their races tend to be far from me, so that's not really a con for everybody. Yeah, you know, that's not I'm in I'm in Middle Tennessee, and uh, when I drove up there to get to you, I I, I realized um, nothing is close to you, <laughs> and you exactly. have to drive everywhere. So I uh, I get that one for sure. Well, on the way the way home from Reno, my truck clicked over 120 thousand. Wow! And I'm gonna say over a hundred of that is racing in the last two years. Really? 
that's pretty amazing. That's that's absolutely amazing, in fact. But uh, okay, okay, next uh, Southern Rock Racing Series. I don't. I mean, I don't have a lot of. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of experience. I've ran two of their final races, and then obviously the three Titan races. Mm-hmm. So pros definitely live feed. Uh, mm-hmm. Love it or hate it, it's good for the sport. I mean, I'm it not is. a fan of it personally mm-hmm. because I think it hurts spectator counts. But at the same time, I I like it when I'm racing, so yeah. everybody back home can see it. Yeah. So definitely a pro on the live feed. Um, and it's a lot of races, ten races in a Rock Mountain series. That's a lot. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna call that a con. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I could. That's that's expensive. Is what that is. Uh, I don't really know much about how he pays or doesn't pay, so I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't give you any intel on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the hills depend. Like this year, he had Clyde took some really awesome hills, and it was really fun to watch. So mm-hmm. from year to year, um, I, you know, it kind of changes. So, yeah, yeah. And of course, of course, Southern Rock, you're gonna get, you're gonna get, a, you know, a few more of the top guys that go to every one of them. Versus, you might get a couple to go to outlaw and a couple to go to pro rock, but when you go to southern rock, you're going to get pretty much everybody. Does that make sense? Yeah, it seems it seems to be almost uh, the it's it's uh, for for actually I'll, I'll reserve that I'll reserve saying that it, yeah you're definitely going to get most of the uh, most of the heroes at that one. Sorry, my kids yelling in the back about something. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. But uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I think uh, if somebody wants to get into racing, you just need to sit back and kind of look at everybody's schedule because really that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Is, uh, what fits your schedule and what's close to you, or what what you're willing to go to, and that that's another reason, you know, like a lot of these keep going back to the same part. So we've been doing this for four or five years. Like personal, just listening to your podcast everybody hates bikini bottoms but guess what it's on srs scheduled twice next year yeah sure I'd, like to, I'd like to see some new parts yeah yeah me too and i'll uh I'll, I'll applaud outlaw outlaw seems to have moved a lot of their races um from the tennessee alabama kentucky area to oklahoma missouri um if i'm remembering correctly um it seems like they're moving more west which i think is a is a really cool thing to do because it's it's just not hitting the standard parks that everybody seems to hit this year after year. Correct. Yep. And I mean that that was that was the main reason I ran out while last year is because it was a handful of parks I've never been to. And that was the whole reason we got into this originally was to go see different places. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I tell you, I, I think I say this every time we get to talking about the leagues and the series. Um, I'm just waiting for off road. There's so many off road parks with so much potential. Um, and these off-road parks, when they if they build courses um, dedicated for these leagues, or if they continue the expansion of their hills and cutting new hills and are proactive, um, that's going to be the best thing in the world. Because you know, year after year, we're watching the same hills climbed. And I think uh, I I don't remember who I talked to about it last, but I think it was DC, and he was talking about you know we need to go find these hills that are deep in the woods because he was saying that, you know, they pick the hills that spectators want to come watch, and um, those are getting old, and they're not always the best hills the drivers want to run, and, you know, sometimes the hills deep in the woods are the ones that are going to be the best to race on. Well, 
on that note, old D.C. Falls or whatever he decided to call it wasn't exactly spectator friendly, but that was an That's awesome true. hill. <laughs> yeah, it was, do you, I don't you know think if y'all went over that, but I talked to you, I, I kind of helped talk you into that. I'm glad I did. That was <laughs> yeah. He he gave you a little shout out there. Uh, but uh, he, uh, do, you, do you think that that was too much for that race, or is that too much to race on? What are your thoughts on that hill, which is the waterfall at Blue Holler, correct? Yeah, the waterfall at Blue Holler, I mean, I liked it because I was spectating, so I loved it. <laughs> uh, as a racer, I would have did, did the exact same thing that DC did. That's what I told him because he actually asked me, he's like, what would you do? And I'm like, you're not going to like my answer. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, he's like, well, what are you talking about jumping? I said, I'd line up right here and jump it. He's like, not possible. You know, we kind of argued about it. And I'm like, you asked my opinion. This is what I would do. Man. Uh, it worked out. It, it very easily could not have. I mean, it didn't for Bobby, but, yeah. it, it, you know, I mean, it, I don't know. Just luck of the draw. I like that kind of stuff to a point, mm-hmm. but that can also be very expensive. So Yeah, yeah, Bobby. I would say that, that probably, probably shouldn't have been a race hill, maybe. That should have mm-hmm. maybe been like a bonus hill. Like, if you make that, it takes X amount of time off your time. Or Yeah. But, I mean... You know, you got to keep people on their toes, if, and you never know. Uh, just like underrated, I thought half the people should have climbed it, and nobody climbed it. Mm-hmm. So maybe half the people could have climbed that waterfall, and everybody thought nobody would. So you know, I mean, it's there's a fine line, and I, I would hate to be the guy picking the hill. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, but I love, I love all of what you just said. Um, to to close us out here, is there anything else that you wanna you wanna bring up? You wanna talk about anything else you got on your mind? Uh, not really. I mean, I will be back. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to be a year, two years, three years. I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, we've had a pretty good run for five years, and, I mean, there's a lot of people that have helped me out along the way, and uh, I, I don't know that I could name every one of them, but, like, the huge <laughs> ones this year was uh, Ballistic Fab. I mean, we wouldn't even be able to run that big car if it hadn't been for them. <laughs> and then NCD on the, on the Turbo S, I mean, that's their car. I just got to maintain it and keep it fresh, and he rode with me, and we had a great time in it. And mm-hmm. without them, we wouldn't have been racing Ultra 4 without them two companies. And then uh, Motor, race cars been, Motor Race Tires have been with me since the beginning. Uh, we kind of broke them into the into the East Coast market, and marking them guys, I, I kind of gave them some replacements, more or less. Like that, mm-hmm. I don't know that I can name names right now, but... I've got quite a few of the top dogs switching over to MRT, kind of filling my spot. So that worked out. You know, I helped DC get a sponsorship from them. I can I can say that one for sure. But yeah. The others are kind of kind of up in the air right now. I don't want to bust any bubbles. But uh, yeah. And then uh, Keller Performance. You know, me me and Todd, we actually kind of do that while going up at King of Hammers, just kind of brainstorming because we were having issues out there. Mm-hmm. So. We've been together since the beginning, and you know there's, there's a lot of great companies. Turner, Axel, they they've been with me for four or five years. I just there's a great big list of people that stepped on board this year. That you know, like Stan at Brannock, super good dude. And I I, I don't run parts just because they help me out. I run parts that I believe in. That's where we've always been, and uh, I don't know. I just gotta think them guys. I wouldn't have been able to do any of the stuff I've done without their help. So, yeah. And there's, yeah. There's a bunch well, of uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure there is. And um, again, you know, I think that uh, 
it'll be it'll be really interesting. Uh, I know that you know the leagues are losing good competition with you taking a year off, and uh, I'm glad. Uh, first off, personally, I'm I'm very thankful um, that you made some time for us to come on the show and kind of just talk about everything. And uh, I'm looking forward to the return because I know that you're going to return with some power and you're going to return with some vengeance. And uh, I know that our paths are going to cross again. So I'm looking forward to that. Roger that. Yeah, it'll. Uh, like I said, if it's a big car, it'll be a, it'll be a, a bouncer and, you know, one hundred percent without doubt, be Chevy powered. I don't know what kind of Chevy powered. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, uh, with that, uh, any any closing words or anything like that you want to go before we uh, close this thing off? Uh, if anybody wants to try King of Hammers and jump right in, both feet wet, hop in the big boy class. Mm-hmm. Uh, my car's. You have to qualify to race the 4400 race, and my car is already pre-qualified, and so you don't have to drive to California and LCQ or anything like that. You're already in the race if you buy this car. So uh, I mean, it's a full, fully built car, and I, I got it for sale on uh, on my page, Anthony Yacht, or another spec racing with all the specs, and it's uh, listed for 50 grand. And I, I won't take a penny less. Uh, that's my bottom dollar. It's, it's paid for. It's sitting in the garage. If not, uh, there's my bouncer. It's got all the parts I need. I just gotta kind of reconfigure some stuff. But yes. if it, I'd, I'd rather see it go and somebody get to use it for what it's intended for, other than tear it apart and turn it into a rock bouncer, and maybe a year or two before it ever gets used again. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, we'll close off. Uh, Anthony, thank you again, and uh, thank you for, for what you've uh, done for the sport this year. And like I said earlier, we're excited to have you back, and uh, we're looking forward to that time uh, when it comes. You forgot my question. Oh, what, what's your question? When are you going to race at RS1? Okay. All right, everybody. Here we go. So I decided um, – let's see here. I'm looking at my calendar. There's a race – uh November 9th for Pro Rock um due to some I need some safety gear plus uh, I need some more seat time because when I took that thing out there it's just a totally different beast to never having a center seat car I will be at the Pro Rock race um on the 8th free running with everybody um if you guys want to come out that weekend I'll also be at the race on the 9th but it's looking like um my first race will be let me pull up the schedule here for Pro Rock it's going to what be. What do you need for safety gear? I need a helmet, and a fire suit. That's all I need. And uh, I uh, talking to some folks. Send your, about send your address, and you'll have one. And as long as you ship it back to me when you're done. Well, before before you do that, let me uh, let me ask around because I'm I'm currently in the process of asking a few folks if I could if I could borrow it. So um, that's on the table though. So I will probably hit you up to be honest with you. If something doesn't work out here. Um, but the schedule, let me see here, do, 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 do. because I am trying to get in this in the. Uh, I would love to race it, and AOP is such is right in my back door here. Um, All right. Well, I'm I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to call Joey, and I'm going to pay your entry fee. So. Oh no 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 no, no man! You don't have to do that. You don't have to no, do that. I'm going to do, do it. I'm going to do it. So get your big boy pants on. You're racing. <laughs> okay. All right. I. Uh, Alrighty, I'll, and, I'll, and whatever, whatever you need, if you need a fire shooter helmet, I'll ship whatever you need. Then, actually, I got a helmet you can have. Give me your address, I'll ship it to you. Uh, you don't have to do that. that. Come on, man, you don't have to do that. No, nope. uh, look, 
look, look. I got all look. this stuff. I got all this stuff taking up space in my garage. It needs to go by by. Speaking of which, I'll have a whole bunch of parts for sale on Facebook here before too long. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, I will definitely send you my address, and I will. Uh, I'll get you squared away uh, in terms of, of – well, how about this? Let's close the podcast out. We'll talk a little bit more, and uh, we'll go from there. But, uh, Anthony, thanks for being on the show, and uh, I really just can't appreciate not only what you've done for me but uh, the sport. And, uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, hopefully you all understand that uh, – I. Anthony holds a real special place in my heart, and uh, it's incredible the generosity that he has as he's taken a step back from the sport. Um, there's there's a lot of good people in this sport, and I'm really glad that I got to meet one. Um, but today's show, again, was brought to you by WeBuyRides.com. It is your go-to place for a real offer on your vehicle. There's no undermining, back, you know, kind of backbiting offers that you'll get from car dealerships or you know what have you. It is straight up. They will give you a offer on your vehicle outright, and that offer will be good for the offer itself, just straight up, or it'll be good on a new or used vehicle trade-in. Their buyer's network is ginormous, so that they know who's going to have it before you've even sold it, so they know exactly how much they can give you, and they know who's going to pay the most so that they can get you paid the most. Uh, Before you sell your vehicle, take the time, go to webuyrides.com, that's W-E-B-U-Y-R-I-D-E with a Z dot com. And make sure you're getting the best deal possible. Uh, the team there is going to, they're going to work for you. Just like, uh, just like you know, one of your friends would try and get you the best deal possible. I have full faith that WeBuyRides.com is going to do the exact same thing. and They're going to treat you like family. So before you sell your vehicle to CarMax or another third-party uh, supplier or dealership or trade it in, I suggest that you shop with WeBuyRides.com. They specialize in all 4x4s, diesel trucks, and Highline vehicles. And again, that's www.WeBuyRides.com. Also, Infinite Off-Road has been a long-time sponsor. I don't even know what I can highlight anymore because they're starting just to carry everything. Always give them a, a call about your lighting needs. I don't know of anyone else in the entire market that has the 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty. Just no questions asked. They're just going to send you new parts on the warranty product. It's absolutely amazing. That's light bars, light pods, that's mirrors with lights in them, that's reverse lights. That's everything that you could ever imagine. Uh, Infinite Off-Road has the option. And they even carry... Uh, rigid. If that's you know, if that's in your budget and that's what you want, go for it. They carry they're they're a rigid vendor. But the Infinite Off-Road brand is where quality and price meet together. It has absolutely been every single lighting equipment that I run on any of my rigs for the entirety of my off-road career. That's in my Jeeps. That's in my side by sides. That's in everything. Um, I highly suggest Infinite Off-Road and their team and their excellent customer service. Also, All Things UTV has been really good to the show as well. Um, I always kind of phrase it like this. Everything that the two companies before didn't provide, 
all things UTV has got you covered. Axles, drivetrain, tunes, accessories, you know, door bags, everything. I even heard they're going to start making production cages. What? They're doing a little bit more R&D over there. And uh, it's awesome. It's really, really great. And uh, I don't know if that uh, the, the cage cage matter is out, out and about yet or if it's fully in swing yet. But I know that there was talk of that. So look for that coming. But wheels and tires at the lowest prices that you can get. Uh, just about everything under the sun for your... Uh, for your side-by-side, -side, you can get it all things UTV. It takes me a second to do the ad for them because they seriously just have such a huge variety of products that I try to run through and highlight something different every time, but there's just no way I can highlight everything because they carry everything you'll need. They truly are your one-stop shop um, for all your things side-by-side. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for being patient with us. Y'all, we've got some really great episodes coming in the next few weeks. I uh, hope you guys leave a five-star review or whatever star review. If you enjoy it, love it, hate it, let me know. And uh, subscribe to us if you love it. It makes, uh, makes a world of difference for us. So without further ado, y'all have a good week.